0: This is Jessica. And this is episode 140 of the Double Knit Podcast. Good evening. Howdy. Ugh. Okay, we have lots to talk about so today. So much to talk about. Um, when I was listening to, the, because I usually listen to part of the last episode, because I can't remember what I talked about, <laughs> um, I started off saying like that it felt weird not to talk about the conversation about race and stuff, yes. and what I should have said was... It felt wrong not to talk about it. Yes. Not weird. So, corrections corner. Yeah. For myself um, that it felt wrong. And I just wanted to say that. But not that it's weird. I feel like talking about it makes it more normalized. Yes. Especially uh, for white people like us. Well, I mean, you
1: talk about it at home a lot. Yeah. I although do we, not. We but. had our own whole... Yes, there's been a lot, a lot of conversations... <laughs> a lot going on yeah. um, a lot going on at my son's school a lot of other no, things I think going on. So. I haven't been on
0: Facebook since yeah. like right after we recorded last time yeah. so
1: so yeah. yeah there's a lot going on i think
0: so i just wanted to say that that it's not that it's weird that it's wrong not to talk about it cuz that's more how i feel just figuring out how to articulate that yeah doing better trying to do better yeah cuz we both mm. went to knitting events and i also yes. want to talk about that and so we have a slightly new thing we're going to do in the movie section. So uh, once we get there, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Also, we have lots of overlap. This yes. Time, so
1: it's buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> Grab your <laughs> knitting. Get a beverage. eat some tea. Yeah. Um, you okay. Talk about so, Madrona? Yeah. Uh, just quick on Madrona, Madrona. This was the final Madrona. Um, the organizer um, has... Retired. Decide, yes, retired. But that it is being taken over by um, John Malarkey and someone else whose name I never remember. A woman named Rebecca or something. I wish I had I the last number. name Malarkey. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty rad. Um, but it's going to be called Red Alder It's going to be called Red Alder, but it'll be, you know, the same time, same same bat channel. <laughs> um, and, but so I only took two classes, um, both with Judith McKenzie. The first was lichen dyeing. Um, oh, I saw pictures of that. That looked really cool. Yeah. It was really interesting. And now, actually, I was walking out from work today staring at all the trees like, there's lichen. There's lichen. <laughs> now it's like, now I know how to spot it. And now I'm like, it's everywhere. It is everywhere, especially um, up here. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make um, a very wide range of colors unless you, you get more colors if you try to ferment it. But we just did, like, the most straightforward, like, throw it in a pot, Mm -hmm. hot water. Um, It's really interesting biologically because I did not realize that um, lichens are, um, like, a symbiotic, um, it's uh, an algae and, or algae and fungi and bacteria that, and that when you put them in water, they will actually, over time, they'll dissolve And some of the amino acids that are like liberated from that dissolution, um, attach themselves to wool, which is an incomplete protein, Mm -hmm. um, so that you don't need any kind of mordant. Um, you don't, it should theoretically make the wool stronger and shinier.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah. So all you need is like patience. You
0: put it in water. So is that the fermenting part? You just ferment it in water? Or do you have to add extra stuff? you can ferment
1: it using a bit of ammonia. Okay. And that will help you get different colors. But what we did in class was literally, like, yarn in the pot, hot water, lichens in there, and then just let them go. And so we didn't get tons of color because it was only a three-hour class. Mm -hmm. But one of the properties of this organism is that... Um, it's antiseptic early like, so that you can, um, you can put like wool in water with the lichens and warm it up and then just periodically keep rewarming it over a period of days or weeks or even months. Huh. And it won't get moldy, which it would if That's you were amazing. dying it with other things. Cause everything um, gets moldy up here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, amazing. um, yeah. Cause I guess apparently like in, um, like in natural, um, medicine, um, in the olden ways, like they use lichens for like pulsing and things like that mm-hmm. because they are antiseptic. Oh, cool. Um, they will, um, help prevent, uh, anyway. So that was really interesting. So basically it's just like, everyone's like, well, what kind of mortgage you use? And it's like, you don't, it's just mm. patients. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was really interesting. It was just a brief kind of introduction to it, but, um. Uh, I, I really enjoyed doing that. I've been wanting to take that class for a long time. And then Judith did a tweed class, which I really wanted to do because... Because tweed is awesome? Some of you may recall, I did buy a five-pound oh, bag right. of wool slubs at the Pendleton Mill this uh, this fall. Um, thinking, like, I can use this for tweed yarn. And, of course, it's enough to make a, a lifetime a supply. Million of million t- pounds of, <laughs> of a tweed yarn. Yeah, yeah, but... So it was fun to do that class. Um, again, it was only a three-hour class, so we didn't get into things too deeply, but... I do love taking classes with Judith, and then other than that, I was just hanging out. I didn't do much shopping at all. I bought um, another skein of Speckles, which is um, local. I keep doing this wrong. Local color, farm Farm and fiber. fiber. Yeah. Um, Collaboration with Abundant Earth, so that um, Emily dyes the fiber and Lydia spins it, and it's a tweed. Um, Fantastic yarn! I got a skein of it. When it was first released. And I just love, I love, a, love, love, I got a, a skein of gray from uh, Knit City. Oh, okay. That I got. That's I'm, super nice. I got the sort of the plummy, purpley shade. It's and really it'll pretty. work really well with my tiny little leftover of the yellow green that I had. Um, I got that and I got... I only got one other skein of yarn. No, that's not true. I got I got a skein of knitted with targe just because there was one that kept catching my eye. And my friends were needling me to get it. And then... Pure pressure. I know. <laughs> and I got a little Ooh. bit of spinning fiber from Homestead Hobbies because I pulled out spinning fiber to bring with me and then I left it on my, in my dining room. I feel like I got one other... How can I forget this already? One other scan here, but I've already forgotten. Brain. Brain just doesn't work very it's well. It's fine. It's evening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just thinking about last time we recorded, I was like... Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, not not a ton of shopping for me. Um, I am. I'll take care of that. Yeah. But, so then well, you went yeah. to stitches. I went to stitches west. And... west and I spent so much money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we. Yeah, I mean, I mainly
0: went to hang out with my sister. She did have classes on Friday, which is like the full day I was there. So I hung out with people from my knitting retreat. Another friend named Monica. Hi, Monica. I'm not sure if she <laughs> listens. Um, and then I met her friend Tally, who was super nice and laughed at my dumb jokes. <laughs> and, uh, Tamara. And then I just, like, ran into, like, pretty much everyone for my retreat. It yeah. felt like it was really nice. Um, and everything I bought, except for the Canon hand dies, I've never used any, well, ex- in the Neighborhood Fiber Company, which I'm knitting right now, oh, um, it's all brand new to oh, me, cool. and most of it is non-superwash, and I was so stoked, I think <laughs> that's, um, that's, like, a new trend. Yeah. I was talking to Elizabeth about it, that non-superwash is on the rise, and yep. it makes me happy. So, um, Farmer's Daughter Fibers was there. Here's yeah, the it's right here. Let's see. This is Ooh. Pishkin DK and Paul Newman, which is, like, a tonal gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it says the fight, whatever fiber it is on there. Rambouillet, rambouillet, Yeah. rambouillet. Pretty. And then, um, Love that. the other thing I'm super excited to knit is Biche a bouche, Um, the petite lamb's wool, which is a fingering weight two ply. It's like spun in Milden, Scotland, I think. And it's just like heathered colors, like dark gray, and they got a burgundy color
1: is it when i saw it i thought oh she got that before because i was thinking it's very similar to something that you got recently in like a mustardy color and knit a sweater out of possibly right <laughs> now am i making that out? anyway uh
0: i don't know it's just like a two-ply fingering white which yeah. is that's not super wash. so but it's 270 i want to say it's 270 yards Per 50 gram skein. And it's actually reasonably priced. I think it was $12. Which is pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So those are like the two main things I'm super excited about. I pretty much put everything away. (laughs) Um, I got some Uranette Ritual Dye Works. Which I have. Oh Yeah. Like you know, mohair was everywhere because that's the new th- one of the new things, So I got a skein of her oh, okay. mohair and then the sock yarn that goes with it. Matching. Are you gonna knit them together? Yeah, I'm gonna knit um, Nariko's hat. Oh, okay. Ray. Re- Nariko. Uh, re- no. That's the new one, but there's oh. another one called Kimber. Oh, Kimber. Right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's uh, Nariko Ho. Oh, cool. So she's a local designer. Yeah, um, pretty. Yeah. And then she had like a series she's coming up with, I think throughout this year that's like based on your um astrological signs. So she had like Pisces and another one there. Um Yeah, so I'm curious to see what she's going to do for October cuz I'm a Libra. <laughs> see if I like it. Hopefully it's blue. It's my favorite color. <laughs> um Yeah, and I'm knitting with Neighborhood Fiber Company show color. And, I don't know, you guys, it was just, I lost my mind. So, today, like, <laughs> Friday, my sister was in class, I was hanging out with people, and I pretty much bought, like, the Farmer's Daughter and the Biche Bouche, I'll say bitches and bitches, which is how,
2: what I say, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> just whisper it quietly, <laughs> um, like, bam, bam, because their booths were right next to each other, uh... And the neighborhood fiber company. But then we went back Saturday morning because my flight wasn't till 4.30. And, uh, went to, like, part of the podcaster meetup. And I spent more money.
1: <laughs> White Birch was there. Yeah, I, she, She her, like, delivery was late to Madrona, so her uh-huh. booth was empty for the first day. But then yeah. she had stuff. And I was so tempted. But, um... But, but I still, still haven't like, knit the skein I bought from her last year. Yeah, so I, haven't, I, I like, haven't knit her yarn. So, okay. But it's been, like, about
0: five year, Five, yeah. Five or six years since I uh, went to Stitches. I want to say oh, five. Okay. So there was a lot of stuff that wasn't there the last time I mm-hmm. went. Also, I noticed that the show was way more diverse this year. And I didn't go last year, so I can't say if that's, like, brand new this year. But it made me really happy. Yeah. Um Just to see, like, a wider variety of people there and vendors. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like people... I heard a lot of people talking about, like, inclusion there. Um, So it's, like, it's generally... It's definitely out there. Um, Also, just, like, the Bay Area is, like, way more diverse. Like, the show down there is... Much different than shows up here yeah. in general. Uh, but it was crazy busy. Yeah. And you go in there and then you stumble out like, you know, four hours later having spent way too much money. and Like <laughs> seeing sunlight. <laughs> That's weird.
1: But it was great. I had a really good time. Maybe I'll figure out a way to go next year and, since my kid lives oh, yeah. there and now I could kind of use that as an excuse. Double up? It's just hard to get like, two weekends in a row, off, or time off of work, like, Madrona, and I yeah, won't no. take as much time from Madrona, I don't know what,
0: yeah. just a thought. It was really fun, thanks for, um, people who recognized my voice and said hi, <laughs> no. um, yeah, it was great, cool. had a good time, and I'm gonna say it again, I spent way too much money <laughs> Audrey's getting braces in a couple of weeks, so oh, okay. I should have, like, reined that in a little bit. So, going to be on a yarn diet for a while. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. Yeah. What are you knitting? What
1: is um, this? This is, I'm knitting Rock and Rose, which I started uh, in July for my summer travel knitting mm-hmm. and then realized that I had made a terrible choice because it requires four skeins of yarn. Oh, right and it was just a i mean even though the knitting is simple it was just a bad plan mm-hmm. and then i kept sticking it in a bag and then i'd pull it out like a month later and go where am i and then i'd spend like an hour trying to figure out what i was doing and then stick it back in the bag and then the next time i'd pull it out weeks later anyway so i've been so i've been knitting on it a little more consistently now and i have uh I've, I've literally turned a corner on it it's um it's a chevron Four-color stripe by Martina Beam, um, And, again, like, the knitting itself is simple, simple, simple. I just... It's, there's a lot of knitting. There's um, a lot of... Because it's garter even. stitch, right? Yeah, it's just garter. Um, That's great. It's That's super nice. stash. This is Remove Fingering oh, from yeah. um, Zilana. This is from uh, the first Sock Summit. Um, I still have some I of know. that. This is an ancient skin of Koigu, and this is Dreaming Color Smushy from pre So it's pre- like Ravelry. a sagey green. Um, it's actually, in, in sunlight, it's a really sick acid green. Yeah, because I have, I think I have that color. Yeah, kind of a brownie mauve, a burgundy, and then a multi kind of shades of brown and golden color. So not mm-hmm. my normal color scheme. Um, But yeah, and I, I'm worried I'm going to run out of the Koigu, but... We'll see what happens. Um, so I've been knitting this guy on and off. Um, knitting a lot of hats, I won't bore you with the details of that, but that's usually my bus knitting. Mm -hmm. Um, although, like, my, most days I catch, um, an express bus, so I'm only on the bus for 10 minutes. So, like, that, some days I'm just like, like, even worth pulling the knitting (laughs) out? Like, by the time you sit down and take your gloves off. Um... Let's see, but I knit uh, Zaggy by Ambo O'Brien, and I knit that in a skein of merino cashmere from Fly Design that I got in my drone a couple years ago. It's a really simple, 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 simple uh, zigzag uh, lace cowl pattern. Um, and then I knit uh, Northward by Tin Can Knits in some Lamb's Pride bulky Uh, And that was very satisfying. I knit it on a Sunday and I cast on in the morning and I finished it by that evening. So that was... I love those projects. Yeah. It's like, bam. Um, And then this, and I've cast on a couple of other things where I've done that Jessica lethal zone of where I cast on, I knit on it for like less than an hour and then set it down. So I don't have a foothold. I'm not like bought into it. And it's just sitting there and that for me is like the death zone for projects. Uh-uh. So I need to, um, what I really want to do is finish this shawl cause it's been on the needles for so long and then I need to get back to those other things, but I won't even bother mentioning them cause I haven't barely even started them, but that's pretty much it. It's been a lot of, a lot of simple hats for me. How about you?
0: So much. <laughs> Uh, I was knitting on some pineapple yarn socks. They have, like, kind of a stripe. They're really oh, bright yeah, colors. Yeah. I finished those, but I was pretty close to that. I knit a tube and then cut it in half and did afterthought toes and heels um, in a contrast color. And um, I knit the Playdate cardigan by um, Tin Can Knits. Mm-hmm. The first few sizes take less than one skein of sock yarn, um, and that's in a super... Awesome green color. Oh. We had a visitor. <laughs> She's off to bed. Okay. Super bright green color um, from, I'm not going to even talk about the yarn because it's discontinued. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I finally sewed down the pocket. It took me a month. Sewed down the po- the little baby pockets because babies need pockets. Right. And With put, their wallet and yeah, their driver's you know, license. All that good stuff. <laughs> uh, Smokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby smokes, baby smokes. <laughs> <laughs> and it on the buttons because <laughs> that's what we need is babies driving yes oh gosh um and that's really fun it's just a simple stockinette cardigan with you know a v-neck yeah. it's like a little boyfriend baby cardigan it's super cute <laughs> um and that's a pay pattern, and it's part of an ebook. I just bought the whole ebook because I'm going to make a ton of stuff for my sister in law from it. And it's like oh, really? baby leggings, and a blanket, and a hat, and a little vest, and socks. Yeah, it's, everything's super cute. Mm. Um, and and at Featherland by Gudrun Johnson, which is a color work hat and I use yarn that I naturally dyed at Emily's
1: Oh yes uh,
0: natural dye class and she's actually offering another one or more this summer at her new farm in Puyallup.
1: So this is local color farm and fiber yeah. again.
0: Uh, and I highly recommend her classes and also she'll do a sliding scale based on what you can afford. So if you're in the area, but you're on a fixed income, I would go ahead and just email her and ask like what it would cost. Um, she's an awesome person and we talk about her like every episode. I know,
1: but she's like the (laughs) patron She goes to like
0: the farmer markets and she's doing a CSA box this year for veggies or for fiber. Yeah. Um and flowers too. And flowers too, yep. Yeah. So uh you too can learn about natural dyeing. Yeah. It was super fun, even though Andy got stung by a bee. Oh. That's not fun. <laughs> we were um harvesting uh I think it was Coriopsis, but mm. we were harvesting something and it was very full of bees. Oh. So she was fine. She's yeah. not allergic. So yeah. um and that was fun. It's like a simple kind of zigzag pattern. And you use three colors. So mine was gray, light gray, and orange, I think. I don't remember
1: what the biceps <clears throat> were. Oh yeah. So it could not produce sound. Mm, it's important for this box. Oh, yes, it, <laughs> it is. It is. And
0: another color work project called Acorn Teeth by Diana Walla. Um, and I bought that pattern at KnitFit, like, when she had a booth there. So, it was, like, the first or second KnitFit, I think. And they're little fingerless mitts, um, in three colors. And they have this really cool braid. And I can't remember what the braid is called, but you, you know, it's like a lateral braid where you knit the two-color braid and also the row after at the same time.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: It's really cool. Um... I want to say the braid starts with a V. Like <laughs> the type of braid it is. Oh, I want to say Visalia, but that's a town in California, so I know that's <laughs> not. not it. <laughs> but it's really cool, and they, they're they in three sizes. And at the small. They're a little bit snug, but um, I think with wear, they'll loosen up a little bit. And uh, I just use yarn leftover from my Ashland pullover. Oh, cool. So I'll have, like, matching colored, but <laughs> different oh. patterned sweater, and mitts. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and I finished, just last night, I finished my broken rib socks that I was working on um, in the roquefort color by Black Cat Custom Yarns. And I bought it because it's cheese colored. It's, like, white with, like, the mold flex. like like, teal and, like, this kind of scummy yellow green and, like, a lighter <laughs> blue and some darker green. So it's, like, you know, rope for colors. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's good.
0: And... Cathedin, I think that's how it's set. It's a free pattern by Kelborn Woolens for Acadia. It's just, like, a striped... Two-color striped hat. Oh. Nice. It's free. I had two skeins of, um... Acadia in my stash. And I was like, I will use these. And I... Got two hats out of it, but I knit one of the brims shorter and had to, like increase the rate of decreases at the top to, but I use every single last bit of those two skeins. Oh, I love doing that. And this the second hat still fits. It's just shorter, like the crown is shorter than Mm -hmm. the the first one, which is a little bit slouchy. And the last thing I finished, which I wore (laughs) to Stitches West on Friday and got tons of compliments on. Um, is my tongue tied blouse by Amy Apple? She's Poison Girls. She has like retro rockabilly style oh, yeah, tops. Yeah. And it's a short sleeve sweater, which is perfect for Stitches West. It was so stinking hot, and everyone's like wants to wear their, you know, so sweaters. Yeah. But uh, I remembered being like really overheated the last time. So yeah. it's a short sleeve pullover, and it has like a super easy lace. Um, kind of eyelet yoke that's shorter on the front so you can still like wear a bra and it won't peek out you know and a little bit deeper on the back and it has this cute little garter stitch triangle mm-hmm. at the center of the yoke and then the top of the sleeves has kind of a garter triangle and it's slightly cropped. I made mine longer than hers um, by a few inches, but it still only took two skeins of sock yarn. So 800 yards, um, and I used Hazelnut's Artisan Sock in the lichen color, ah. which is a yellow. And I have more patterns of hers in my queue because I really like it. And it's like top-down, seamless style knitting. So for that one, once you get past the lace part and join it to work in the round, it's just stocking it. And some decreases. It's simple. Cool. And I love it. I'm thinking about making another one. <laughs> this is super cute. Um, and right now I'm knitting the Shell Cottage Socks by oh, Helen Stewart. She gifted... I
1: pulled out yarn for that, yeah. too.
0: She gift, Did she gift you the yeah, Sock Society number yeah. two? So it's the first pattern in the Sock Society collection. And since I just finished... Um, the broken rib socks I was working on I was like this is perfect and then I didn't even put this yarn away this neighborhood fiber company (laughs) sock studio sock this is the Mark Bradford color that was the show color for stitches and it's like a blue it's very beachy colored to me um so I just cast on this morning on the bus and I'm working on the twisted rib cuff and it's got kind of a ribbed
1: or it's it's like a little um it's stretchy. It, it's, yeah, it's ribbed with like a little knot, Not, kind yeah. of knot stitch or cap, like sort of mock cable, mm-hmm. teeny mock cable to yeah. it. So, it um, looks really cute. Yeah. But, um, so, I'm working on those. i pulled some yarn out for them, but I didn't start
0: them yet. And, uh, pardon me, hold on. <sighs> the other thing I'm working on is the Telluride Erin by Amy Hersog, which is from an old issue of Interweave Knits. Two thousand fourteen, I think. And it's a pullover in worsted weight yarn that has, you know, Aaron style cable. So it's called a honeycomb Aran pattern flanked by columns of other cables. Uh and at the front and the back and I just seamed them today. So
1: okay.
0: I'm not yarn? sure about the fit. Uh, or the length.
1: That's yeah. It's ironic given what you Amy- mean. Well,
0: yeah, but she, she, her style of fitting is different than I usually mm-hmm. like it. So there's no shaping on the front, but there's shaping on the back. Oh. Okay. And so there's a lot more ease than I'm used to between my bust and my hip, which is okay. I'm going to finish it and then I might hack it and make it cropped. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Um, the back is just stockinette, in it, so it'll be fairly easy to do that and just add ribbing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I seamed the front and the back, and I'm knit, I'm knitting it in Miss Babs Heartland Worsted, which is discontinued. Oh, okay. It's, like, her non super wash base yeah. that I bought, I think, at the last stitches I went to. And the color is Russet, which is a, you know, reddish-brown kind of color. So I had six skeins, which should be enough, but I think I'm going to knit the sleeves top down. Oh, okay. And see... Um, yeah, I'm not sure about, yeah. (laughs) Because I have, like, almost two skeins, which should be enough because they're just stockinette. But, um, yeah, I mean, I tried it on. It's hard to tell when it doesn't have sleeves on it when you try it on because sleeves will tend to...
1: Cool. Hike everything up. Hike everything And up. that's where... That was exactly what I was talking about the last time where, with my Helvetica, and I have not touched it since we last recorded because... And I still haven't figured out, like, how long to make the body, because so i got to do the sleeves first mm-hmm. and see how much that pulls the body up.
0: Yeah, I did that with my um, my tongue tie gloss, too, because it's a lace yoke, and that stretches a little bit. So I was like, I'm not sure how long I want to make the body... So, I knit the sleeves from the second skein, from the other end of the second skein, yeah. and then tried it on. And I was yeah. like, okay, that pulls it up that much, and this is how much I want, how much longer I want it to be.
1: Yeah.
0: So, that's definitely a thing. Um, so, yeah. I'm enjoying knitting the Telluride, Erin. It's just the, I'm not sure about the fit, how I feel about it. Oh, okay. And it's a little, the body's a little bit longer than I usually like, so... We'll see. and mm-hmm. can change it.
1: Mm. All right. You re- uh, did you read some? I've been doing audiobooks. Okay. Um, but I, I, so, um, I finished The Female Persuasion, which was the next book by Meg Wallitzer, who wrote The Interestings. Um, and it's about a young woman who, um, uh, sort of becomes a mentee of a very famous feminist. Um, and it was interesting. I don't think I loved it. I don't ever, I didn't, it kind of veered off here and there to kind of follow different characters and kind of dig into them a little bit more, but I never really fully believed in those characters. I don't know. They weren't as fleshed out as I'd like there was something about it that didn't like really grab me um uh and then we just did for book club we just did the animators um which is by oh, i'm going to forget her name Kayla May blah 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 something ah, i can't remember um and it's about two uh two southern two very poor southern women who meet in a new england art school um and become form a partnership, they become animators, um, it is, uh, a very, it takes a number of very unexpected turns, um, so it was not at all about what I thought it would be about, um, but it, it was very interesting, we just had our discussion last night for book club, and I'd say that overall, pretty much everyone, except for one person, really liked it, um, and what, one of the things that I liked about it was that it was very vividly specific. Like the way these people talked, the way things were described, even the descriptions of their animation, like someone else had said that they felt like when you're reading the book, like you could see their animation. Like, like you just feel like you could really visualize what they were doing, which was sort of an interesting trick. Um, but,, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting book, but really not at all about animation or animators, just about two women and um, and their relationship to each other, their upbringing, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff happens in that book, but liked it. And then I just started a new audiobook. Um, I've been walking a lot lately. Um, I'm trying to like today I tried to grab a bus on the way home from work. And it was so packed, I was literally, like, pressed against the windshield Mm -hmm. of the bus. And I just, and someone was trying to get off. And they, like, hooked my backpack and practically dragged me off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk. Yeah. Got off. So I've been doing a lot of walking. And that's given me a lot of time to listen to audiobooks. So I'd recently started, I'm already, like, halfway through it, a book called Mr. Flood's Last Resort. Um, And it is, I still, it's like, I'm halfway through it. I still don't quite know what it is yet. So it's the story of uh, a woman, an Irish woman, who is a um, caregiver slash, like, helper, like house-cleaning help for an old... Uh, it's set in London, but the man that she's cleaning for is also Irish. Um, and he is um, a hoarder and possibly a number of other things. Mm-hmm. So she is going through his house and care, helping care for him. Um, but there's some element in there. I don't know whether to label it magical realism or it's, it's a very unreliable narrator. So Mm -hmm. it's like, even though she's telling you what's going on or what she's seeing happen, I, she's very untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. Like I'm listening and I'm like, you're, I'm still trying to puzzle out like what is really happening in the story, mm-hmm. um, but it is it's funny and um, kind of twisted and and interesting so far. So I've been enjoying it. Um, it's been a good walking companion. Um, yeah, I think those are the three. Cool. What'd you read?
0: Well, I finished White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think last time I said. I hope she gives some concrete advice on how to, like, she has excellent advice on how to apologize when you've said something wrong. When people, <laughs> someone's like, you said this and it was wrong, like, you, you said something racist, you did something that was racist or whatever, which is a very concrete way, like, this is how you should go through that process, and, like... It's, I feel like it's the same thing that you should do before you comment on a post that makes you angry or insert emotion.
1: Yeah.
0: Is stop and think about why you're feeling that way. What exactly about it? is wrong or bothering you or whatever. Like, go through a process. Take some time. And then if you're still feeling... in the case of an apology you need to apologize but like and then make the comment right like process it and then do the apology like really think about like what it is that the person told you was wrong and make sure you understand that and not from like a place of defensiveness yeah so that was excellent also encourage everyone to look up the good bad binary because it was really eye opening for me um and how we how i'm saying we like how white people think about racism. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because of um how we see the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to cuz i think i think people should read it. Yeah. Um, but it was an excellent book to read. So, cool. That. I talked about My Sister the Serial Killer last time and how great it was, and I know a couple people read it (laughs) on my suggestion, (laughs) which makes me happy because it's so stinking good. Um, After that, I read Golden State by Ben H.
1: Winters, who wrote Underground Airlines, which Uh, we read for Book Club uh, last month.
0: Yeah. It's good. I liked it. Uh, The the ending was like a little wishy washy, like not Um. as strong as the rest of the book. But it's kind of, it's California, hence the Golden State, and kind of a in a future where what is true and real as dictated by the state is what's legal, and they use cameras, and then there's kind of this uh, police force of people who have kind of an extrasensory perception for lies hunt down liars. And you can go to jail or be banished from the state. And it seems... They don't say directly that there's been some kind of apocalyptic some, nuclear something that happened. But it's implied. Um, and it's about the main guy whose name I already forget. Because this was like in, at the end of January. Yeah. Beginning of February. That's only this one. <laughs> this so long ago. <laughs> um, he's in the... Police force, like he has the ESP thing, and he's assigned a partner who he doesn't want, and things go wrong. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. It's got kind of four, Fahrenheit 451 vibes, which I like that book too. So
1: I recommend it, but I didn't feel like the ending was all that strong. Oh, you might like Underground Airlines, that yeah. too. Um. I know I know that and White Fragility are both available if you're in Seattle as peak. Peak picks, picks which is the how I pick them both. Yeah. But. Yep.
0: Cool. And Prairie Fires by Carolyn Frazier, which oh, is the yeah. Laura Ingalls Wilder oh, kind of true the true history. Yeah. <laughs> um, which takes the story, the little house on the um prairie stories and puts them in a historical and real life context of things that actually happened that were romanticized for, Mm. that she romanticized, Laura Ingalls Wilder romanticized for the books to make them children friendly. Um, They talk about the pioneer spirit and how that's a falsehood. The beginning of the book is setting up historically the um, westward expansion into the Dakota territories and the government expansion and how white settlers forced their way into Native American territory and took that over. And um, they talk about the Dakota War as kind of setting that all up. So, that's great. <laughs>
1: um, did you read Laura Ingalls Wilder when you were a kid? I did. I really liked them. I never read the, I watched the TV show, oh, yeah, but I, I, I never the read TV the books. Show. And I just felt like... I was the only person of my age who hasn't read those books, but I, I don't know, I never thought to read them. So, I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I like them. Um, Audrey has them and she's read them several times. Um, I mean, that's my neighbor's dog. <laughs> <sighs> um yeah my favorite one I think is the long winter one she which they talk about that historical event yeah um, in the book I'm reading. and the part that sticks with me is like the cattle freezing in place because mm. the storm blows up so quickly and then them braiding straw to burn for fuel because they are out of everything else. They would, like, sit all day and braid straw, and she talks about how red and cut up her hands were Mm. from braiding straw all day. Um, but I like this. I'm, like, halfway through about... It's pretty dense. It's, like, a lot of, uh, like, historical facts, and then, like, she, Caroline Frazier, the author, kind of weaves that together with, um, following the... The Ingalls and the Wilder family, and they moved a lot, like, following them around mm-hmm. as they try and bust in multiple places. And then the last thing I read was So You Want to Talk About Race by oh. Ilgioma Aluo, who is a local author. Yes. And I feel like White Fragility, and So You Want to Talk About Race, are, like, a good, super good pairing mm-hmm. to, you know, to read. Uh she talks about growing up in Seattle, which is a not—it's a seg- segregated city. I would is how I would describe it. Yeah. Um, and she talks about microaggressions, and she talks about she talks about everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an excellent book. Yeah. Um, oh, and she has a ch- really good chapter on affirmative action, explaining what it is and how it actually works. Um, but, yeah, it's an, it's an excellent book. So I recommend that one, too. That's a lot of books. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Two of them were peak picks, so I had to read them very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they have a two-week uh, turnaround time. Yeah. So we're going to get into movies. So what we decided to do um, for at least one, sometimes two movies, is to watch the same thing. I posted about this in the Ravelry group. Um, this Instagram person I follow called Angry Black Female posted <laughs> a list, multiple lists. One is um black ass movies that white women should watch or white people should watch. I can't can't remember, but um, and I made this huge list of them. So we are choosing one or two. We're gonna discuss them, um, and watch some movies. Yeah, but we also have other overlap. So the movie we're gonna talk about this time is um Sorry, sorry to Bother, bother you. you.
1: Or also What Happened, Miss Simone was on the list and we oh, both yeah. watched that. We both watched that.
0: Too. So we're gonna talk about those 2 Mm-hmm. I give thumbs up for both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um but we have other things that overlap too so we can we can talk about those
1: too. Yes. What do you want to start with? Uh well let's talk about sorry to bother you. Um it it's, is not what I was expecting. It is not what I was expecting either. <laughs> so let's so just groundwork. I don't want to give away too much of it, but it is um, sort of speculative fiction. It's this alternative modern day Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, your main character, but um, Keith, oh, um, what's his last name?
0: Stanfield. Yeah, Stanfield. He's, he's also he's on in Get An- Out.
1: Oh, he's in Atlanta
0: too. He's yeah. great in Atlanta. He's also in Get Out, which we were going to talk oh, about. Okay. We're going to haven't from, watched it yet, but we're going to keep it for next yes. time. And um, let me know if you recognize him and get out because okay. a lot of people forget that he's in
1: it, but he's really good. Well, he plays. I mean, I I believe just having seen him in two things that he's a really great actor because mm-hmm. it took me a really long time to figure out how I knew him watching him. And sorry to bother you because he plays this totally like crazy stoner character in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and. And I didn't remember seeing him anything before that. So, like, in my mind, that's who he was. And then he plays... So... I can't remember his Cassius case. Green. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cash. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he's, uh... He's kind of down on his luck. Yeah, he's looking he at a, for a job. He gets a job ch- at a call center. As a telemarketer. Yeah. So that's where the Sorry to Bother You comes from, where, you know, he starts each call with Sorry to Bother You. His Girlfriend is an artist played Thompson. by Tessa Thompson. She's I amazing. Love. I love her. <laughs> She's so um, good. And so he gets a job at this telemarketing company and... He's not doing so great. No. And then he learns the secret from this older um, black guy who's working alongside him. Who's Danny Glover. Danny Glover um, that he needs to use his white voice when he's on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I found his white voice voice so disturbing. So well, because it's David Cross. <laughs> oh, so, that's why. Yeah, so, I didn't
0: realize it was David Cross. So voice. the
1: idea of it. So I mean, it ends up going off in a lot of different directions, and some of them I think were more successful than others. But um, it is this like vivid illustration of the idea of code switching, which, um, so that so to such an extreme extent that when he uses his white voice and when any of the black, you know, black characters use their white voice, the voice is dubbed by another character. So, like, Cash is David Cross and, um... I was like, that Mr. Sounds familiar. Mr. Blank is uh, Peyton Oswald. Okay. Um, Lily James is the voice of the Tessa Thompson character. Yeah. Um, so... I don't want to... Forgive me if I misrepresent this, but... The idea, I mean, code switching also has like linguistic meaning, um, in terms of people who literally switch from one language to another, but it culturally can mean, especially in the black community is the difference between how you might speak to members within your community and versus how you speak to someone outside of your community. And it is a very, um, freighted concept. I mean, it concept because it you know it's uh, so yeah, it's cla- hard to talk about it, it's hard to talk about because you know it's it's this idea of like um you know when someone co- thinks they're paying a compliment but it's actually perceived as quite racist mm-hmm. of saying like oh you speak so well yeah meaning you talk like a white person not yeah. like i expect you to or not like i'm you might have heard you speak to someone within your own community. Yeah. Um, and, and actually I saw a video, I mean, it was a, a, a former coworker of mine posted this little, it was meant to be like a humorous video, but it was about like code switching at work and it shows a young black woman walking through her workplace and every person she's talking to, she's speaking to, in a different way. So she's talking to a Latino coworker and they sort of have their little thing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. and maybe like a little bit of Spanglish in there. And then she's talking to another black coworker and then nah, nah, nah. And then she's going through the workplace, talking to all these different people. And she finally ends up in the break room and she's there with this white coworker. And then it's, you know, Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. And like that. and I kind of had this moment where I was like, Oh crap. Am I the white coworker? <laughs> um, which is totally not the point. And, yeah. um, you know, but think, you know, but also feeling badly, like, do people feel like they, you know, I, I get, I don't know, I get flack from, I mean, <laughs> from people just generally that maybe like the way I speak is like a little too formal anyway. Um, uh, but, uh, anyway, so but this idea of like taking code switching and this idea of like, you know talking like a black person versus mm-hmm. talking like a white person and literally doing that that when yeah you know the characters are talking like white people they are being voiced by white actors and then also what happens with uh
0: him in the movie is that he kind of gets he starts making lots and lots of money and he gets into this kind of elite club where he works on a different floor And while his co-workers are striking for better work conditions, he's crossing the strike line and going to work on this different floor, um, making millions of dollars for this company that is not a good company to work for.
1: It also touches on um, the idea of modern day slavery, that Mm -hmm. there's this company you keep hearing about throughout the film and then you learn a lot about called worry-free and the idea is that you sign a contract, um, with the company and they give you a job for life and And somewhere to live for life and food for life. But basically what you're signing yourself up to is like servitude, like indentured servitude and imprisonment um, for the rest of your life. life. Um, and so this idea of like the spin on, modern-day slavery, um, which was really interesting because it tied, you know, we've already been talking about it because it's a, a, you know, it's not a theme. I mean, it is the the plot of Underground Airlines is, um, in that case, much more (laughs) overt modern-day slavery, but, um, you know, this also being, and, and obviously the, um, like, prison labor and that kind of slavery has been, um, in the news quite a bit and a topic of conversation. Anyway, thought it was a really interesting film. It had maybe a few too many ideas it was trying to get in there and they were very... Um, I mean, it was super out-of-the-box thinking in terms of how to yeah. so the, approach So um, it's Bootsy... I can't remember his last Boots name. Boots Riley.
0: Boots Riley, but it was his first screenplay and yeah. I thought it was pretty amazing for a first screenplay. Like, yeah, there's some really out there ideas um like subplots yeah which I just was like where did that come from yeah I don't want to give anything away but but overall it was it's disturbing but excellent and it's also humorous so I don't want people to think that's like this downer movie and it's just it it touched on so many different things about the workforce and, you know, code switching and language and
1: race uh, and poverty yeah. and just, I mean, it, I feel like it had a few too many ideas. Like, mm-hmm. he needed to have a little more faith that, like, he'd get to make another movie and that yeah. he didn't have to get all of his ideas into one I hope film. he does make another movie. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. It. Crea- I mean, the creativity and how to approach the issues that he was addressing mm-hmm. um, was just, like, kind of jaw-dropping, where you're, like, can't quite get your head around, like, how did he even come up with this idea? Yeah. Um, but... It's streaming
0: on Hulu. Mm -hmm. That's where I watched it. That's where I watched it, too. Um, if you want to talk about it (laughs) online, (laughs) uh, the Ravelry group is a good place for that. The next Mm -hmm. movie we're going to discuss is Get Out. I already said that. Mm -hmm. Um... It is not streaming anywhere, but when we choose next movies, I'll try to figure out where they're streaming and post yeah. that, too. So, um, And we'll do it, like, basically so you have, like, a month to watch movies and then yeah. you can,
1: like, join in discussion. And I, so Get Out, I thought I could still stream it, so I forgot. And then when I realized no. I couldn't, I put yeah. it on hold at the Seattle public library and I got it within a couple of days. Yeah. So it's, I mean, at least here in Seattle, it's really easy to, to get a hold of. Yeah. Provided you still have a way to watch DVDs, which I know <laughs> some people don't anymore. Yeah. Um, but some other things that we both watched that, or one of the other ones that we both watched that was also on that list was the documentary "What Happened, Miss Simone." Yeah, which you had previously so watched, but you rewatched recently. No, I didn't oh, you, rewatch. Oh, you it. didn't re-watch it. Okay. Um,
0: I rewatched. I well, I watch "Get Out" all the time because I read it. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to watch it with the director's commentary oh, okay. before, so I recommend you do that too because it's super interesting. Okay, um, if that's available on your DVD, Oh.
1: yeah, I haven't checked, it. but. Uh, but What Happened to Miss Simone yeah. is a documentary about Nina Simone that's available on Netflix. Um, I thought it was super interesting. I really didn't know that much about Nina Simone and her life or her role as an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the film is... Uh, I mean, it's a very... Com- I mean, she's a very complicated person. So even um, the person you're getting the most information from over the course of the film is her daughter Mm -hmm. and even her daughter clearly has an extremely conflicted relationship or memory of her mother. Yeah. Um, that, you know, her father was abusive to her mother, but then her mother was abusive to her and, um, where, you know, the lines of respect for her work and her activism, but also her mental illness and her, you know, substance abuse and her abuse of it's a very complex picture of her. Um, but really interesting. And okay. I just, you know, one of those things where it's like, Hey, this somehow relates to me. <laughs> um, just didn't realize that they're talk about how, um, they lived in like next door to her in the same neighborhood as Malcolm X and mm-hmm. his family. Um, but they lived in Mount Vernon, New York. And, I grew up right by there. I had no idea that Malcolm X lived in Mount Vernon. That's, that was like really (laughs) news to me. I was very surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's a really, it's got a lot of great footage, performance footage of her and, um, you know, and you've got a lot of, they found a lot of good interview footage with her. Obviously she's passed away long before they made the film but um. yeah I'm a
0: huge Nina Simone fan um I think there's another documentary about her that's not nearly as good it's older um I read her autobiography which is um pretty slim but even from that you can tell that there were I mean there's a lot of things that were in the documentary that were not in her I mean of course she's writing it I believe she's the one that wrote it It's been a while since I read it, um, that she glosses over. And I think the documentary is as fleshed out, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. As it's anything I've read or, um, watched or anything about her. Um, I, I didn't know that she was basically living in poverty in France. Yeah. And and I knew that she had mental health problems. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And it's still and it's really yeah. unclear like the people who like helped her toward the end of her life get back to work like were they doing it for their own benefit were they doing it for her benefit? Right. The daughter is very talking about an unreliable narrator like was, is she really i mean you know she's talking about her mother and her mother is a very complicated person um but even she doesn't seem to quite know her own mind about like how she feels about her. Or, how she feels about certain events, she's... It, mm-hmm. So it It was interesting, but, um, yeah. That's streaming on Netflix. Um,
0: mm-hmm. if you like Nina Simone's music, um, I recommend it. I mean, I'll pretty much watch a music documentary about yeah, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a
1: really good one. But we have to talk about... don't oh, know, Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Like, I saw this film, it came up, like, oh, you like... True crime. I'm like, yeah, sure, I like true crime. Okay, click. The craziest document... I mean, the craziest story. Young woman in Idaho in the 70s. Not even a young woman. No, a child. A child. child. Because she was like... In the 70s. Yeah. Who... uh, Her parents, Mormon, uh, someone else in their church, uh, became very good friends with the family, and became fixated on the daughter um clearly was abusing her um but also having relations with the father and the mother separately and the mother um as part of his grooming and trying to you know get access to the daughter um and then eventually ends up abducting her twice and it's the craziest Taking her to Mexico
0: and marrying her, because she when was she's 12, because 12, 12, 12, in Mexico, yeah. and then and contacting then, the fam, the, his brother and saying, yeah. like, you need to go talk to them and tell them that they need to give permission for them to marry once they got back to, to the U.S. There's also this, like, brainwashing alien element yeah. to it that's just, I mean, just <laughs> so disturbing. So, so, so disturbing. Yeah. Um, so, you and know, trigger just, warning for like everything, child abuse and but, all that stuff.
1: But I think when you watch it, when any sane person watches it, all you think over and over again is what is wrong with these parents? Yeah. What is wrong with these people? What were they doing? How did they, I mean, even, you know, it's one thing, I mean, you know, predators are, you know. They, they're they good at what they do. They manipulate people. It is not a new story of a man, you know, forming a relationship with a parent or parents in order to gain access to children. That is an old story. That is something that predators but do. But that they kept but accepting him back. they knew he was a predator, yeah. they
0: still kept making fun And for they him. weren't the only ones. People in their community, in their church, were still like, oh, this will all blow over. It'll and the guy's fine.
1: brother, What the hell? Yeah. He was like, yeah, you know, everybody knew he liked kids.
0: Uh. Yeah, I gave him a job. It was like, But there was FBI agents because they were, you know, looking into him and they're just like, what the hell? We don't, we just, we couldn't deal with these people. Like, every time we tried to prosecute the guy or get him in jail, they signed affidavits saying that that stuff didn't have, that
1: she didn't get kidnapped or whatever. It is. So crazy. I mean, I think... A lot of it has to, do, I mean, so he was allegedly having sexual relationships with both the parents. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, and they're, um, they're Mormon. And I think at least with the father, like a lot of it, it had to, you know, was about like shame or also threats of exposing yeah. him, um, as being gay. And, but then the I the mom, I was like. I, it was bizarre. These people are really, really nuts. And I felt so terrible for these poor children. The, yeah. So it's the girl, and she's got sisters as well who, I mean, thankfully were not yeah. abused, but, but were part of this whole story of abuse. It's yeah, and part, terrible. part
0: of what the abuser was holding over the. The girl's head was that if she didn't comply, he would go after the other, the younger sister. Right. That he would. So that was yeah. another way <sighs> that he was manipulating her. So, so <sighs> horrible. Horrible. But also. Like, the story, it was. Like, Jaw dropping. I just
1: couldn't believe it. Even the FBI agent. Yeah. The FBI agent was like these, I mean, still now, like yeah. 30 years later, he can't believe how crazy these people yeah, were. Yeah, this all happened in the 70s. Oh so. my God. It was nuts. It made yes. me
0: really mad and yes. also just boggled my mind. So boggling. So Very mind boggling. Very boggling. Did you watch Russian Doll? Yes. Yes. Because I love Natasha Lyonne. I do too. Did oh. you love it? I liked it. Oh. Uh It went, yeah, I liked it. It went like in a weird place. Uh-huh. Um, but I like Natasha Leone. I loved all her outfits. They were amazing. Soundtrack. Great soundtrack.
1: Yeah. uh I mean, I think like if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard about Russian doll yet, yeah. it's a TV show that Natasha Lyonne and Leslie Headland created together. I think Amy Poehler is one of the producers mm-hmm. for Netflix. Um, about a, I don't think I'm giving too much away. A woman It's the eve of her 36th birthday. She's at a party that's being thrown for herself and she dies. And then she over and over, comes, and, over, and, and, over, and, over and over and over again. She keeps coming back to the same place, uh, kind of a la Groundhog's day. But it goes in a very different direction. Yeah. Um and it's dark, it's funny, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's really weird. It's funky. Um it didn't go where I was expecting it yeah. to go at all. And I really enjoyed it. What's the, the guy's name? Alan. But the actor yeah. you mean
0: who yeah. plays him? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know him. He from was really anything. good too. Yeah. And they're both um so Yeah, so she meets this guy. Alan, who's going through the same thing, and they finally find each other after multiple deaths, uh, trying to, and they start trying to figure out together what they need to change in order for them not to die again, so it's, like, a team effort. Yeah. (laughs) And he's really good, too. He's, like, very straight-laced to her kind of... Crazy, drug Artsy, drug-fueled, um, lifestyle,
1: so it's... Yeah, it's really, it's good, it's, like... It takes all these weird turns, and sometimes it's super funny. Sometimes it's really But it got dark serious, really fast, I It goes think. dark, but then it can be, like, really dark, but also really fun. I mean, it's just, it's all over the place in a, in a good way, I think. All together, it's only about three, three and a half hours yeah. of programming, because it's, yeah, Short episodes. Short episodes. Um, but I really enjoyed that. We both watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, right? Cried buckets. Cried and cried and cried. Mr. Rogers documentary Mm -hmm. is available on HBO right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even if you didn't, I've seen a few people talk about the fact that they watched it and they didn't grow up watching Mr. Rogers, but they still were really touched by it and moved by just what a, um, God, I will never say this again, but like what a pure spirit he was. was, Like, just truly a good person who wanted to do good things for, for, kids. for kids and connected with children in this very pure and simple way that um, he didn't see other people doing. And certainly if you watch children's programming today, you won't see them doing no. it now either. Except for um, his Daniel Tiger, which is part of his legacy. Um, what I really liked were
0: the, the interviews with the his... The people who were like filming and stuff and yeah. the one guy cusses so that much crew guy the yeah. one who
1: kept like uh, mooning the like every mooning time he find cam- a camera yeah. and a picture his of his
0: butt. butt but um, he like curses so much and yeah. it's just funny to me to think of and mr he was, like, covered in
1: tattoos yeah. and like but talking about his friendship with mr rogers yeah. and um yeah it was just really i mean um it's just really—I mean, he. I, I grew up watching Mister Rogers. I don't know if you watched it when you were a yeah. kid, but um, just this simple goodness and that he exuded, and that he believed in, and that he believed in children, and that he tried to do so so much yeah. with this platform, and um, whether it was um, racial inequality or um being drawn back in to do um special like little PSAs um in the wake of 9/11 mm-hmm. um just trying to during uh, um during the Vietnam war I mean mm-hmm. just all of these things that he saw um in the world and trying to figure out how to... Talk to kids about talk it. Talk to kids about it. And talking to kids about things that no one was talking to kids about. like Divorce. T- divorce and death and...
0: um, Yeah, so... One of my favorite things was them talking about how he used silence. He's like... <laughs> somebody Somebody's like, we're going to focus on a fish tank for 60 seconds. Cool, no one else in television would allow that. But for Mr. Rogers, sure, we're going to just watch him feed his fish for a, a full minute of broadcast television. Yeah. And that's something I remember. It was like a very calm show.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Everything is so very soft and quiet and gentle. Yeah. And, um, you know, in a way that I think people love to, I mean, they even get into, you know, how people love to mock it. And, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Murphy did his whole, um, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood mm-hmm. on Saturday Night live. And, um, but yeah, and it's fair. I mean, it it reminds you again of like why generations of children watched his show. That he, I'm um, not a person that cries at movies, I and know. I was just like, Ooh! <laughs> it just had a way of yeah. connecting. And just, I mean, just a, the you you feel how genuinely mm. he cared about children, and it. it yeah, it's just not like any. It was touching, and I won't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was lovely, yeah. very lovely. True Detective, you started watching? <gasps> I did. I haven't finished. I haven't <gasps> got, I, mm. I haven't seen it since I went to Menards. Okay. So I think I'm two episodes behind. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's done now. Yeah, I haven't seen the last two. Here shall we? yes good. Um, really loving it though. Also, have you? I watched the first season. Oh, there is only the first season of Barry, which I. The Bill... It's Bill Hader ser- series. Um, it won, like, a slew of Golden Globes. It was mm. nominated for a ton. He's written and stars in it. He plays a hitman who decides he wants to become an actor when he's sent out on this assignment in L.A. Okay. Um, it's really twisted. It's really dark. It's funny. His He's great in it. It... Like, I thought, like, when I watched the first episode, I was like, okay, I totally see where this is going, but... It, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a little, (laughs) it goes a little darker and a lot funnier than I expected it to. Um, Henry Winkler plays his acting teacher. (laughs) Um, and anyway, I really, I, that one really, I was super impressed. It was like, it ended and I was like, where's season two? And I, cause I thought there were two seasons and there weren't. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? When I like start frantic Googling, when is season two coming mm-hmm. out? Like I always <laughs> know that that's a good sign. Like when you finish a show and you start like getting really mad at the internet for not being able to tell you exactly when the season, the next season is available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had that with it, but that's uh, an HBO show. Um, something else that's really fun that's on HBO. Um, and ter- especially also deals with representation is two dope Queens, um they're on their second season now it is um uh I was going to say Jessica Jones no Jessica James <laughs> not a superhero um and uh Phoebe Robinson they they have a podcast that they've been doing for a long time um but they do, they do this is it's a variety show with uh different stand up comics and then they have a special guest for each episode um but what I love is I know with the um, on the pod or rather, I think Phoebe Robinson does another podcast that's called, oh, I'm going to get it wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. So many
1: white guys, something like that. Or maybe that's a segment on the show, but the idea is that like, that they're only going to talk, they'll only talk to one straight white man per show <laughs> on the, on the podcast. <laughs> So, what how that translates onto the variety show is just a lot of rep- great representation, a lot of voices that you don't hear all stand up comics, a lot of women, a lot of queer comics, a lot of comics of color, sometimes female queer comics of color, you know. So, yeah, just a different, not the usual straight white guys. Um, I feel like that should maybe be a role for lots of, show. yeah, um yeah it was great. actually, I heard one of the podcast episodes where she the, so they make an exception every once in a while like or they mm-hmm. do the, like the token white guy interview, but it was um Phoebe Robinson interviewing Tom Hanks and it was the cutest interview they were like <laughs> they were adorable together but um but yeah, it's really great because it's a lot of comedians that you've never seen before um, and uh, you know just some different voices and the the guest stars are fun too. Um, so anyway, I love that. I like that show. There's only a few handful of episodes. I think the first season is only four episodes. It was another one of those ones where it ended and I kept going back going, is there a new one? Is there a new one? Is there a new one? <laughs> and they've, now they've got the new season. So now I'm like, huh? 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 But it's only a handful of episodes, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Sweet. Whew. All right. That was a lot of talking. I more, I yeah, and more stuff. More Pen, stuff. Pen
0: fifteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a Hulu series. Yeah, it's a comedy series uh about two best friends who are seventh graders in middle school. One's a white girl, one is half Japanese, and it's the year two thousand. <laughs> But they're played
1: by adult women. But they're played
0: by adult women, but all the other actors, except their parents and teachers, are middle school-age kids. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's great. Uh, It deals with a lot of stuff, like, I can't even remember their names, because I watched it all, (laughs) basically, in one sitting. Um, One of their parents, like, one set of parents is going through relationship problems, so there's that, there's them talking, there's, like, an episode kind of devoted to, well, not kind of devoted, devoted to racism in middle school, um, there's an episode about, like, periods of masturbation, (laughs) uh, all in lovely 2000s outfits, (laughs) and hairstyles, Uh, It's just really funny, and their relationship is so great. And they're really funny as women playing middle schoolers. Yeah. Uh, I just really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Um, Also, The Kingdom on Netflix, which I just started watching one night. I was like, I want to watch something, a period drama. And I was like, okay, cool. This is going to, this is like medieval Korea, and it's going to be like a hierarchy family feud thing where there's a son and a father who's sick and it's going to be this kind of thing. Right? Squabbles over the throne. One, historical outfits, amazing. (laughs) I did not know they had so many amazing hats in Korea. (laughs) Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Like, they're like this really sheer material and they're very tall.
1: Yes. It's, wow.
0: (laughs) Um, Also, the, the, Costuming ranges from, like, peasant up to the king. So you get right. a huge range. But it ends up there are zombies in it? I no, you did not what? know that. Surprise zombies, yeah. I was oh. like,
2: "There's
0: oh, this is not zombies. And then they, yeah. It's really good, too. <laughs> and it's so on a cliffhanger, so it's going to be... Yeah, with
1: zombies. Yes. All right.
0: It's amazing. And all the actors are really good. And there's this, like, really great friendship between the prince and his guard. Um... He, like, escapes the palace because his father's, uh, wife is pregnant, and he's afraid that she's gonna come after him because the father's sick. So they leave, and then he goes out into the countryside, and then this, like, outbreak starts to happen and gets bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. And it is so good. So good. clap <laughs> my hands twice. Three All times. Right. <laughs> um... I watched a documentary, I have a, uh, no, this is already kind of long, so I'm just going (laughs) to say, the documentary I watched last night called, uh, United Skates, which is a documentary about roller skating, and not just roller skating, but roller skating in the black community, which I didn't know, like, I know that there are adult nights, but I didn't know that adult night is actually code for, like, black night. Um. Where did you watch it? Uh, HBO. Okay. Yes. Um. And basically, every city has their own style of skating. So, like Chicago has JB skating, where they take James Brown songs, I guess I knew
2: that. Yeah, they
0: like remix it, and then they do their and yeah. One people make their own skates. What? Which is, they have like micro wheels and stuff. It is amazing. And just seeing people perform, because it's not just skating, it's like performance art. And went, Karen has a super soft spot for roller skating. I love if roller skating. I <laughs> thought I was pretty good because I could go backwards and do tur- like simple turns. And these people, like,
1: Mm-mm.
0: I just, my jaw. <laughs> um, so it talks about the history of roller skating in the black community. And also, like, different styles, and then um, a lot of, you know, there's been a decline in skating rinks over the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, um, and how it's impacted the black community. Mm -hmm. Which is really sad, because um, a lot of it is skating rinks closing because buildings are on more valuable property because of neighborhoods gentrifying and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, it's so good. You guys, it's so good. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, recommend it. It's only like an hour and a half long and you'll learn so much about roller skating and styles of roller skating. <laughs> um, and I also didn't know that there was a connection to the hip hop community. I guess all over the country they would have hip hop shows there. So you would like, people would show up for skate night, they'd stop and then like, Queen Latifah would play, oh,
1: right. like, when
0: she was getting started, yeah. or, like, you know, before NWA was formed, like, they would get up and they would do their thing, and people were mad because they just wanted to skate, <laughs> um, but it was, like, also a music venue for oh. hip-hop artists. I didn't know. It's amazing. Fun. So I just want to plug that because it's so good, Yeah. and you'll just be amazed by people's skill at skating. And, like, the skates that they make. They're, like, this, um, one of the kids, he has, like, um, deck shoes. And then he put, like, these lightweight plates on it and, like, micro wheels. Or people will skate with them not laced. And then they'll do these tricks or they'll, like, take one skate off and, like, lean on one of the skates and skate on the other one underneath a row of people. It's just... That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. I thought I had seen good roller skating. Yeah. And it's just... Next wow! Next level. Yeah, it
1: made me so happy too. <laughs> so, um, oh, one other totally random plug I have. I uh, if you are like me and you like to watch stuff on Netflix, but you find their search impossible or annoying, or the way the videos autoplay, I can't deal with it. I discovered an app recently. It's, you can also it has a web interface too. It's called Real Good. So Real with two E's. And you tell it what subscription services or what ser- um, streaming services you're a subscriber to so I'm like HBO, Hulu Netflix mm-hmm. and it will help you find shows or if you've watched a sh- like if you're like okay I've watched Stranger Things season 1 and 2 it'll notify you when season 3 starts huh. or um, it'll make recommendations based on your watching history uh, anyway I have really been liking it because it has allowed me to kind of cut through oh I had one other thing I watched that <laughs> sorry what are they like? And so this episode is I think this is the longest episode. I'm so sorry. Ever. But just true genre-defining movie that just launched on Netflix on Friday night called Paddleton. that stars Ray Romano and Mark Duplass. Love me some Mark Duplass. And uh, I think it's a new genre of film that I would call a mumblecore buddy euthanasia movie. <laughs> um, it's... Duplass and Romano play these two kind of loner loser guys who are best friends and they have their whole routine together and the Duplass character, um, gets a terminal cancer diagnosis and it is, um, funny and, um, touching and weird, um, really quiet, really tiny little movie. I mean, it's like, you know, 90 minutes or something, but, um, it was a definitely a really unique picture of male friendship um, between you know two guys who have no they have no game they have no bluster, um, and and that their friendship is really the not really their friendship is the central thing to their lives, um, and I just feel like um, it it's your antidote to toxic masculinity. It's just a really um, nice portrayal of two very dysfunctional people who found each other and have formed this relationship. Um, and it's a relationship I feel like I've never really seen before in a movie. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I'm glad we could both end on nice, happy yeah.
0: things because a lot of times I'm like, here's a list of depressing yeah. things I watched, right, or things yeah. that we hated, yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up for us. This is the longest episode ever. Thank Woo-hoo. you for listening.
1: You can you find us at. It. You can find show notes at doubleknit.net or find us on our Ravelry group, Double Knit Podcast Fans. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.